0: Welcome to Marvin Methodist Church's sanctuary service. My name is Doug Baker, and I'm the lead pastor of the church. Today, I'll be continuing the sermon series entitled Putting Resolute in Resolution. May we be purposeful and unwavering as we pursue life change in 2023. May God speak to you through this message. Let's join in as the sermon is underway. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will receive eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. So good to be with you this morning, what a great reception we've had for our clergy and what a great uh, weekend we've had Thursday, Friday, Saturday, worshiping with the Global Methodist Church in the Eastern Texas Conference as we convened together for the very first time. It's so good to be with you today to bring the joy and enthusiasm back to church today to hear uh, Jacob's words and Brandy's words and Jerry as they share at the reception and their excitement for this new season in their lives. It's a new season as well for our church, so glad that you're here and glad those are joining us online. Will you pray with me? Lord, do a new work in us and start today. Lord, sharpen our love for you and renew our spirits and enthusiasm to worship you and to serve you. Lord, do a good work through this message this morning. Open our hearts and minds, illuminate them with your truth. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. Well, on April 20th, 1913, Sir William Osler, who was probably the most famous medical doctor of his day, gave a a commemorative address at Yale University commencement for their graduation. His challenge to them was, live in day-tight compartments. Instead of being paralyzed as some get or get stuck in life by some failure or hurt of the past, Or instead of being so much looking, and you know people who will say, when I get to this new job, or when we uh, get the children out of diapers, or when this, then we will truly find life. He was reminding us all, instead of living in the past, living in the future, take today and live it to its fullest with God sowing seeds to the Holy Spirit. He was inspired by an essay called Signs of the Times by Scottish historian Thomas Carlyle. And in those words, he recalls, our grand business undoubtedly is not to see what lies dimly at a distance, but to do what lies clearly at hand. Friends, there are decisions that you need to make today. There are things that you need to say no to today and things you need to say yes to today. God has given us all a 24-hour period for which we can sow seeds for eternal life, for God's kingdom, or we can sow seeds to the flesh and for our own desires that oftentimes will lead to destruction. One of the other things that inspired Sir William Osler about his living in daytime compartments he had just been on an ocean liner across the Atlantic Ocean. The he got taken to the bridge, the captain there showed him the latest and greatest invention for nautical ships and that was watertight compartments which which the push of the button would close down by these steel doors and isolate compartments of the ship. Again, that was his inspiration, to tell those students, sometimes we get stuck. We need to let go of the past hurts. Sometimes as your pastor, I've got to go home and let go of the point that I wish I'd gotten into my sermon or something and just say, you know what, Lord, I give it to you. I cannot change the past. I can't go back and redo it. But if there are things I need to fix ask forgiveness from someone, or offer forgiveness for something in the past, that's something different. That's a decision that is made here in the present, in the future, and that's the kind of thing that brings eternal results. Do what lies clearly at hand as the Holy Spirit guides you. And really, the beautiful teaching of Galatians is just that, this idea of walking in the life of the Holy Spirit. And then he reminds us in in uh, Galatians 5:14, the preceding chapter, the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. And as we're loving our neighbors, and as we love ourselves, there are decisions we make, as we talked about last week and the weeks before, against ourselves that are against the flesh so that we might give more of ourselves to God and for the purposes of his kingdom. He sums up his letter in the Scripture lesson this morning, he points to the order. There is order of God's creation. If you sow certain seeds, you can expect a certain harvest. If you sow apple seeds, you're going to not expect to get oranges, but to get apples. And so, we must understand that what we sow through the order of God's creation will give us the benefits, the reaping of the harvest that we are desiring and anticipating. And we are not to be deceived. How many times have we had people say, heard people say, or maybe we've said it ourselves, oh, that'll never happen to me. I won't ever get caught. Oh, I'll just do it this one time. Oh, no one's looking, or no one really cares, or this won't hurt anybody. And we make a decision, and it's probably not a good decision, and sometimes we suffer the consequences. If you sow your life at things that are harmful to yourself or others, don't be surprised. There may be consequences that you will have to face. And I think that's what Apostle Paul is saying when he says God will not be mocked. Now, don't get me wrong. If we make a mistake, we can always ask God's, for forgiveness, God's forgiveness. We can always go to the one that's been offended. And we can ask them if they will forgive us but we can't go back and change things in the past, and we can't always sidestep the circumstances that come because of what has been sown. Friends, I was in one of my first appointments. There's a gentleman by the name of Chemo, and I loved him dearly, but Chemo was a recovering alcoholic. He was working through the AA program, and he sh- I was there when he received a lot of his sobriety coins, and we celebrated those moments. But he died tragically in his 40s of cirrhosis of the liver. He had made poor choices and he had poisoned his body with alcohol and even though he had given his heart to the Lord, even though he was working his recovery, even though he had married and had, uh, had a wonderful wife and children, it still cost him his life. There is where we learn that sometimes we cannot sidestep the things that we have done to ourselves and to others that will bring harm. i remembered also of Tommy Newberry in his book Joy of Success. He says, you know what happens if we plant nothing? Sometimes we get this idea if we just won't plant anything, we're just kind of apathetic, we just kind of go through the motions, we'll let others make decisions for our spirituality. Sometimes I've heard parents say, I don't want to impose my faith on my children. I'll let them choose for themselves. Well, let me tell you something. Newberry says, if you plant nothing, you don't get nothing. You get weeds, right? You've known that. That's why we have to mulch our beds in our yards, right? Because all the weeds just will pop up. You will find that the world is sowing the wheat and tares, and we find that the enemy, Jesus, talks a parable about that in the scriptures. That's why you come to church. That's why you read the scriptures. That's why we gather in bands and groups and class meetings and, and Sunday school classes, because we want to be sowing into our lives things that are of the Holy Spirit that will bring eternal life to us, right? Can I get any kind of an amen out of you? Yes. And my friends, if you are on a bad trajectory, you can bit on a better trajectory when you get convicted by the Spirit to say, you know what, today I decide. I'm not gonna do this anymore. Today, I'm gonna start sowing for the kingdom of God. And friends, as a church, we've been reminded part of the global mission, uh, the mission of the Global Methodist Church is to witness boldly. Friends, we have got to begin to live into the witnessing boldly for Jesus Christ and begin to sow into conversations, the witness of Christ, the telling of our story that others may know because friends, would we not all agree that this world needs Jesus? And yet, we are so quick to hush our mouths and not say anything. And we don't want to offend anybody. But let me tell you, we've got to begin to sow for the kingdom of God and for eternal life. And today, you can make a change. A few weeks ago, I mentioned this word that I learned from uh, John Eldridge called... Uh, ennui, which is just kind of this listlessness, dissatisfaction, disengagement. It's all driven by a feeling of, oh, I really don't care anymore, I'm kind of just apathetic. And friends, there are so many people in our world today who've gotten this ennui. They just kind of, they don't really care. They just go through the motions. They spend so much time being entertained by television, social media, other hobbies, and they're neglecting their spirituality. But at annual conference, let me tell you, after five days of rain, how many of you are just tired of the rain this week? <laughs> and Gina and I drove to annual conference in College Station on Thursday afternoon, and it rained the whole time while we were driving. And let me just say this to you also, just to add this in. I have, a, I have a wiper blade that is sticking, and it's like Arrgh! 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 So the whole way there, it was annoying and it was raining and it was just awful and it was kind of like the whole week had just been this, uh. But I sent that video out on Thursday because I said to you all, the sun is coming. Did you see the video? The sun is going to be here and we want to greet the sun and we want to live into all that God has for us. So let me just say that. We got to College Station, the worship began on Thursday night, heard an incredible message heard people sing their hearts out to the Lord, this time of gathering, and it didn't stop. On Friday, great workshops, more worship. On Saturday, the culmination, this idea of us having 90 people ordained for ministry, what a great celebration. If you haven't watched it online, I wanna encourage you to do it because you'll probably see something you've never seen before, the singing of 17 verses of 4,000 tongues to sing. But we did it. You need to see that. And it was awesome, because those verses are incredible. Friends, let me just say this. We so… And I mean, I'm so excited this morning, because I've been going to annual conference for 33 years. And I've not only heard this from just myself, I've heard others say this. David Eigner said it to me as well. I've never come away from an annual conference so energized, so inspired. And I want to go back. I would have never thought, I would have thought I had some kind of problem if I said I want to go back to annual conference in the past, but there's excitement in the Global Methodist Church and I'm thrilled to be a part of what God is doing because it is a movement that God is bringing to His people called Methodists. So, don't become weary of doing good. That's another thing that Paul says. Not only do you sow the things that will be for the eternal life that you want to reap, but you also don't become weary of doing good. I remind you of Philippians 1.6. He who began a good work in you will bring it to conclusion until the day of Christ's return. God is at work, and God is faithfully working in us. Now, I recently read a story about the Tarahumara people from the 1800s. This was a tribe of people in the Sierra Madre region of northern Mexico. And what were they known for? Their persistence. They knew something about humanity that is very important that we probably never, ever would thank God for sweat glands. All right? They knew that they could outpersist even an animal that could run faster than them. And what they did is they simply gathered people and they just isolated an animal and they ran it and they ran it and they ran that animal. They kept it away from the shade and then through their persistent hunting, when that animal needed to stop and start panting and cool their bodies down, well, that's when they found uh, they were the dinner for the Tahirahmar people, right? So, friends, we learn from them this idea of persistence, but it made me think as I read that story, are we as relentless in pursuit of God as people are, in that case, hunting after an animal, taking advantage of the fact that as human beings, God has given us a strong will to continue to do things obediently to Christ, and we can muster up that courage and the energy not to give up and to stay committed to Christ all our days. Why? Because God is faithful, and God will continue to work through us all the way until we are standing before Jesus one day. I want to talk today about the rule of Saint Benedict. I'm going to talk a little bit about something that I want to teach you about spiritual formation. Who is Saint Benedict? He was a Christian monk and a theologian who lived in the sixth century. Friends, we're going way back in time. St. Benedict talked about the rule of life, and he taught 12 different communities of monks throughout Italy to establish this idea of a rule of life. And so, Peter Scazzaro, in his book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, one of the books that we're using here at Marvin to help people break through the walls so that we can move from growing in Christ to close to Christ, or even a Christ-centered life, there are walls that inhibit us, and we're Using this study to help people discover things about themselves, to break through those walls. And Cazero says, people have oftentimes an unintentional rule of life. Their spiritual life is driven by, well, they're not really sure. But what he wants to say and encourage us is, you can have a rule of life. You can order yourself. You can choose things to do daily that will enhance you. You can sow seeds today that you will reap later in harvesting an eternal life with God. So let's talk about this for a minute. And don't get spooked by the word rule, by the way, because in the Greek, that word rule is the same word where we get the word trellis. When you think of a trellis, the purpose of a trellis is to take something that is oftentimes a vine that is growing on the, on the ground where it can get dirty, where it's away from the sun, where it lives in the shadows. You get a trellis, you begin to get its leaves and it growing upward, where it's reaching towards the sun. And you know the sun brings the warmth, brings the chemical reactions, the food and the nutrients for that plant to grow so that it can bear fruit, right? So amen, church, we're talking about a rule of life to help us grow our faith. So I want you to take the back of your bulletin real quick. I wanna share with you the principles on a very simple way how you can develop a rule of life to develop and grow in your faith in Jesus Christ. So if you have your bulletin like this and you write across the very top the word spiritual, right there where it says notes, write spiritual at the top. And then to the left of that, as you're moving left to right, to the right of that, excuse me, my left, right? Write relational, spiritual, relational, and then write mental, emotional, mental slash emotional, and then write physical. So four categories, spiritual, relational, mental and emotional, Physical, that's going across the very top of the page. That's the horizontal line. Now take a vertical line. And on the vertical side of your column, right under notes, come down a little bit so you have room to write. Write daily, daily, like every day. And then leave about an inch, go down to weekly. And then go down another inch and write monthly. And then write another inch annually. And I'm just gonna give you a few examples. What you now created is a rule of life. You've got 16 quadrants, four by four, 16 little squares. So here you go, daily, what am I going to do spiritually? Top left corner, right? Right there, your top left corner is gonna say, what do I need to do daily to enhance or sow seeds to grow a spiritual life that I desire? Am I gonna read the Bible in a Bible reading plan? Am I gonna spend time in meditation? Am I gonna read and pray to God? Am I going to do some other spiritual exercises like confession or, or mutual accountable in conversations with others? What will I do daily to enhance my relationship with God? And then just move down to weekly. What will I do weekly? to enhance my relationship with God in the spiritual category? Well, I would hope you would come to church weekly. We have weekly worship services, and then down to monthly. We do a monthly serve night here at Marvin Church. It's always the third Monday of the month. You can come to serve nights, and there you'll be doing a a benefit to others, growing your faith as you're serving others in Christ, and then move down to annually. What will you do? annually for your spiritual life. I would go to mission week. I would do a mission trip. And let me just announce today, we are going to take a Marvin trip to the Holy Land in 2024. You'll get more information about that. But it might be something you will plan on an annual trip of some kind, mission or a Holy Land trip to bring your spirituality to another level. That's the spiritual column. Let's talk about relational now. What will I do daily for those people in my life? I would certainly write in my carry. I'm going to do something every day for Gina, my spouse. All right? Maybe you want to say for my children, I will do one thing. Maybe it's a phone call. Maybe it's uh, writing a note and leaving it for them to find. Maybe it's rubbing their feet or giving them a back rub. Maybe it's giving them a compliment. Do something daily for your relationships in your life. What will I do weekly? Well, young families, how about a date night? How about a discipleship, uh, some kind of a mutual accountability band or covenant group? And you can go down and work out your relational. And then let's talk about mental and emotional health. Here in America, we have a crisis, y'all, for mental and emotional health. Social media is killing people, literally through suicide. It is bringing great depression. We need to get off social media. We need to make decisions against ourselves, or we need to find other ways that we can fuel ourselves. And and, uh, what I love is what John Eldridge describes is find the thing that is your thing. So Eldridge writes, life in this mad world remains what it is spinning, frenzied activity. When do you know when you're losing it? When do you know that you're short? with others? When do you know and realize that uh, you're not at your best? You know what I'm saying, don't you folks? What is your thing that recalibrates what Eldred says? What is your barometer that goes off in your head, your warning light and says, Doug, you need to get back to walking every morning and listening to audible books and reading more because that's the mental and educational stimulation that begins to begin to work. And for me, those are my warning signs that I need a break, I need to take better care of myself. Sabbath could be a weekly thing. Have you taken a Sabbath recently? Have you marked a day for rest and and getting uh, more time just to not plan your calendar and overbook your things? Or maybe monthly, for me, be honest with you, you know what's good for Doug's mental health, and I think Gina as well? Seeing our grandbabies playing with my grandchildren that are under five years of age. I need to do that monthly. I need to own that and know that, man, that's just a way for me to not only invest relationally, but emotionally and mentally for myself. And then lastly, let's talk about annually. I need to hike in the mountains once a year. I'm just saying, I need to hike in the mountains once a year, and I need to go look at water for an extended number of days. Look at a lake, look at the ocean, just look at water. I'm not talking about a swimming pool, and I'm not talking about a puddle in the street. I'm talking. You know what I'm talking about. Those of you who are blessed by water and the flow of water, if there could be a, a flowing stream, it's even better for me. It soothes my soul. It's beauty. I need to see God's creation. So annually, I need to say for my mental health, for my emotional health, i got to disconnect, and I've got to go somewhere beautiful. And then you can go down physically. What are your goals? Daily, weekly, monthly, annually. So we'll be talking about this at the Frank Booty Leadership Class on, uh, on Wednesday night. If you want to go into more detail, you can call me, email email me. We want to get people working a rule to life because you cannot go through this hard life in America. America. America today without a plan for how you're gonna stay in love with God and stay in love with other people. You just can't do it. But what's the most important thing Jesus said? Love God and love others. If you're not planning for how you're gonna do that, then you will probably plan to fail. Let me just say that, friends. It's a hard truth, but it is the truth. So a rule of life may be what you need right now to stop the chaos of your life and to take back some order because our God is a God of order and our God makes, makes every day a new day, right? That's how we started this service. I wanna to speak to that in a minute. Uh, Mark Patterson's book, "Win the Day, he says people are called to live with a daily dependence upon God. I don't think this idea of day compartments came from Sir William Osler. I think it came from the Lord God Almighty. And um, Batterson talks about it this way. The creation story of Genesis organized by what? Days. When God provided people manna in the wilderness, what was the expiration date? One day. When the psalmist declares that we are to rejoice in the Lord and be glad, it was because what? Today. Today is the day the Lord has made. I started the service from Lamentations, Jeremiah's words. God's mercies are new every morning. And then we sang, Great is Thy Faithfulness, and we sung about God's mercies being new for us every morning. Jesus said, Take up your cross daily. He said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough trouble of its own. Think about today. And in a moment, we will pray the Lord's prayer together before we're coming to the Lord's table for Holy Communion. And we will remember Jesus saying what? Give us today our daily bread. And in Luke 19:9, 9, one of my favorite stories in the Bible, Jesus goes to Zacchaeus' house. And after sharing a meal with the, the, really the king of all tax collectors, right? Jesus says after his conversion, after his repentance for all that he had taken from his people, Jesus says to him, today salvation has come to this house. Friends, what are you sowing today that will yield to salvation in your home and in your life in the future and in the lives of others? And let me just say this, the third thing I wanna say in closing is anticipate a great harvest. In my newsletter that I wrote, and you maybe have been reading in the last week, it talked about kairos time. And what I love about the scripture today is when the, the Apostle Paul pens the words, and he talks about that, do not become weary in doing good, for at the proper kairos, at the proper time, is not chronological time, Kairos time in Greek is a season. It is a special moment. It is when heaven comes crashing into earth. It is when we feel God's presence. Those moments of of beautiful uh, intimacy with God and with others, those are Kairos moments. And in the beautiful moment of time, we will sow, so, so, and eventually God will bring us a Kairos moment. And those of us who are at annual conference, we got the Kairos moments. those of you who are just in Pirtle Hall and laid hands with us on our clergy and prayed over them, to me, that was historic. That was a kairos, beautiful moment. I had tears in my eyes. And friends, let me just say this. Jesus said, give us today our daily bread. Eugene Peterson says, a long obedience in the same direction. The Apostle Paul says, so to the Spirit, And I've encouraged us all today to use a rule of life as a guide that we may sow good deeds of love for others, never growing weary of doing good so that we can anticipate the eternal life. And let me just say, eternal life, it's not the prize at the end. It's not when you breathe your last. Eternal life is the abundant life of Jesus Christ here and now in the presence today in this Kairos moment and it never ends. It is available to those who put faith and trust in Jesus Christ forever and ever. Amen and amen. Amen. for watching our broadcast this morning. I'd like to personally invite you to join us for Sunday morning services at 830 and 11 on our campus at 300 West Urban Street, downtown Tyler. I hope you'll visit our website to learn more about our church and its ministry and serving opportunities. And if we can be of any assistance in your spiritual growth, I hope you'll let me know. May God bless you with a Christ-centered life as we pursue Christ together.